I welcome you all this evening. Also, my husband, he welcomes you all in his absence on tonight. Um, thank you for joining. We got a powerful word on tonight because I know this woman's spirit. <laughs> been knowing her for what I think it's been about three years now. Uh and I have found her to be faithful in what she professes of her relationship with God. Um, Evangelist Hill, she's going to be our speaker on tonight. And she is a believer, a follower of the gospel and an evangelist of Jesus the Christ. She was born in Shreveport, Louisiana and grew up in Grambling. She accepted Jesus Christ at the age of 10 at Rock Valley Baptist Church in Simsboro, Louisiana. After graduating from Grambling State University, she relocated to Dallas, Texas. Her long life experience have supported the healthcare industry serving in various capacities for more than 30 years. Wow. Currently, she is employed with the hospital Corporation of America, HCA, and has been employed there for the last 22 years. That's another while. Dewana has been an active member with Marriage is a Ministry since 2002. This ministry provides spiritual teaching and praying to support married and single women across the lifespan. This ministry is sponsored by Concord Baptist Church located in Dallas, Texas. Evangelist Hill is an active member of the Potter's House Church of Dallas under the leadership of Bishop T.D. Jakes. She has served as a volunteer in Acts 2 Evangelism, this ministry provides services to meet the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of the community. In addition, she serves as a Sunday greeter welcoming visitors and members to church service. She has a passion for the senior community, and it is evident as she assists elderly patients with their physical disabilities and personal care. She is the founder of an intercessory prayer call entitled Sisters in Prayer. This weekly call was formed in 2020, and I have been on that prayer line several times, and it is powerful. She actively participates with our intercessory prayer call and I believe it's discipleship. Hidden Riches Ministry, and we are based in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. She is the mother of two adult sons and a granddaughter of three grand and a grandmother of three grandchildren. One of her favorite scriptures is, and this is one of mine as well, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And I present on tonight, Evangelist Dewana Hill. Thank you, Prophet Cantrell, for that eloquent introduction. 
And um, we're going to get right at it tonight. Let me pray. Abba Father, we just come thanking you tonight for this opportunity, thanking you for allowing me to speak on your behalf tonight, Lord Jesus. Lord, as I decrease, let your Holy Spirit increase in me that whoever listens to this broadcast will get renewed, saved, that they are not saved, delivered, and set free in the name of Jesus. We give you all the honor and all the glory that you and only you are so, so worthy of. It's in Jesus' name. I do pray. Amen. And well, this evening, family, we are going to be going into a very familiar scripture this time of year, Isaiah 9 and 6. The prophecy of the Messiah's birth. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be up on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And if I want to take a subject, I would say Jesus the Christ, the gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. Jesus Christ was God's gift to the entire world. This baby Jesus changed everything. No other birth has impacted this world for over 2,000 years. And, and as we enter into this season of Christmas and New Year, you hear people saying Jesus is the reason for the season. But that's the only time of the year you hear that is during the December months. Jesus is the reason for the season. Since Christmas has passed and the new year will be here in a few days, you know, people take their Christmas lights down, they turn off, you know, lights, take trees down, no more exchanging of gifts with family members and friends, and no more family gatherings. But my question is, after all the lights and trees are down, where is the Christ in Christmas in your life? You know, they play songs like this is the most wonderful time of the year. Santa Claus is coming to town. All of those joyful things that people concentrate on. And the world, it does appear, you know, to be happier. People seem like they do try to get along a little bit better during Christmas and everybody just being a better spirit. <clears throat> You know, I admit it, I'm not bashing Christmas. I love Christmas because as a kid, you know, it's just now I know the true meaning of what Christmas really is all about. It's not about all those gifts and, and it's okay to give gifts. I'm not saying you should not give gifts. As a kid, I was taught that Santa Claus bought my gifts. And, but I knew, you know, I know my parents did it, but that was what the tradition was. We was taught, you know, Santa Claus, you better go to bed and all that. He'll put black pepper in your eyes and, you know, so, but thank God that we do know the truth now. But that tradition has gone on for many generations. But now I tell my grandkids the truth, you know, I don't run around and nothing. I don't do, I don't run around charging up my credit card, buying gifts with all different members and uh, friends, no, nah. because I found out in past time, it takes me six months to pay off my credit card for gifts that I bought from the previous Christmas. So, no, that's not what Christmas is about. Not for me. Um, Christmas to me now is more about giving to the needy, 
um, giving to people who absolutely don't even have food to eat on a regular day, not necessarily just during the holidays. So that's more what I like to focus on when it comes to Christmas now. And um, Christ was, and, and I'm coming here to discuss whether uh, December the 25th is his actual birthday. No, I'm not, you know, debating that. All I do know he did, he was born, whether it was on December 25th or whenever. I know he came into this world. So if you still celebrate Christmas, and this is not even a lesson about whether you should celebrate Christmas or not, that's your individual, you know, that's between you and God about whether you celebrate, because I know a lot of religions do not celebrate Christmas, because, yes, man has made it very commercialized. It really is. It's a money maker. So, yeah, you know, people really be so indulged into this season now. But my question is, what, what happens after Christmas is over with? What are you going to do? Because without Christ, it wouldn't be no Christmas. So what is the really the reason why you are celebrating? And that's what people need to know the truth. But Christmas is Christ is Jesus' birthday. We give gifts to everybody but Jesus. And you may ask, well, what can what gift can I give to God who has everything? Well, I'm glad you asked. Give him your trust. Give, you know, have faith in his word and his promises. Let Jesus be first place in your life. Um, give him your heart. Tell others about him and give the glory and honor to him every day, not just December the 25th. That's what Christ wants from us because without him, it wouldn't be no Christmas. And another thing, um, this is an opportunity to announce to the world, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given the savior of the world, Jesus, the Messiah. And I want to make an announcement and Santa Claus is not coming, but Jesus is. So we better get ready for the return of our savior. You know, that's what's more important. So receive the ultimate gift of eternal life by accepting Jesus and what he did. The greatest gift ever given was not placed under the tree. It was placed on the tree and his name is Jesus. I saw that uh, message on social media, and that was so appropriate because it's true. The greatest gift is not under the tree. It was on the tree for you to have eternal life. So that's what we need to be celebrating. This is, this is what Christmas is all about. And second scripture I want to read is Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. And I thank God because you don't have to be in the church house. You don't have to be in the temple no more. Wherever you are, just call on his name and he's right there waiting for you to ask him, to receive him, to worship him, to call on his name. Christ came to fulfill the law. Emmanuel, God, he is with us. So he took all that long, but you got to go to the priest to have your prayers taken before the Lord. He just, he destroyed all that. He gave us our free will to come to him whenever in the midnight hour, you can call on him. What if you can't get a hold to your pastor, your bishop, what are you going to do? No, you have free will to call on him 
anytime, anywhere. <laughs> He's right there waiting to, to hear whatever your prayer request is. So we serve a, an awesome, amazing Savior, Jesus the Christ. Jesus has always existed. I don't know if people think he, when he came in through Mary, that that was the beginning of Christ. But no, Jesus has always existed. With He's a threefold with the heavenly father and, and, um, and he's always been here. In Genesis 1, 26, and God said, let us make man. Who is the us? It was Jesus, his son. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion authority over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth up on the earth. We have the authority. God's love became flesh and came to live among us. So Luke 2 and 11 is another one say, for until you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. During Christmas, we see Jesus, baby Jesus, lying in a manger. But he did not stay a baby lying in a manger. He is the Messiah who healed the sick in his ministry and his walk on this earth. He saved the lost, cast out demons, opened blinded eyes, and many other countless miracles. So, you know, people are still celebrating that baby Jesus in a manger. No, he did not remain a baby. He became a full man, full man and full God to save and redeem a lost world. So, yeah, the baby Jesus, that was real cute, but that is not where he is now. So, praise God. And one of my favorite Christmas songs is, Mary, did you know? Mary, that did you know that that baby boy one day would walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby water baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Mary, did you know that that baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you deliver will soon deliver you. Praise God. I'm sure Mary did not really have a full understanding, <laughs> you know, but now we do have a full understanding. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace? And yes, that's, some, that's his name. He is the Wonderful. He is the Counselor. Jesus is who I'm talking about. He is the wonderful counselor. And throughout the New Testament, we see his ministry supported this. Jesus took his ministers to the street and he sought out the lost, the hurting, the broken, especially those cast aside by society. You know, the people that think they better than others. Them, the people God went to to save them, to renew their spirit, to let them know that he came for everybody. It don't matter your status or how much money you make or how, what kind of car you drive or what type of prestige job you have. He came for the whole world. What a blessing we have in a wonderful counselor who meets us right where we are. You know, we have counselors here on earth that people, you know, people that are spiritual counselors. You know, I I stand in a position, not that I ask for it, of counselor. You know, I have calls and receive calls from people all the time that needs uh, some spiritual advice or need prayer. 
So it's a beautiful thing, but the ultimate counselor is Jesus. You know, that's who we got to go to first and foremost. But yeah, we need to seek uh, individuals for counseling. We can do that too. But doing that, you know, when we seek counsel from a friend or a mentor, it takes level of honesty and humility. And God requires that we be truthful and honest and transparent because that's when you experience growth, healing, and victory from our wonderful counsel, Jesus the Christ. In him, you find wisdom, discernment, and revelation. Jesus has all the answers to our problems. In Hebrews 4 and 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand our weaknesses and our temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human without committing any sin. He is the wonderful counselor. Mary, did you know he is also the mighty God? The prophet Isaiah words began to shape in the form of an infant Jesus foretold as mighty God was coming to earth and his power would change everything. Jesus did perform countless miracles, gave sight to the blind, calmed storms by speaking the word, raised the dead. He was and he is the sovereign God. Jesus' power was not just for him alone. It also came to his disciples and to us if we accepted him. Jesus said in John 14 and 12, Jesus said, verily, verily, surely I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and then they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Peter, he chose Peter as one of his disciples. Uh, Peter, even though Peter denied him three times, yet God still used him to preach a revival at Pentecost of Christian uh, Pentecost where 3,000 people were saved. And it's just showing how the God, the mighty God can change anybody. He used, he changed, he used Saul who was a persecutor of Christian. He got his name changed to Paul. Yet Jesus redeemed him and used him to spread the gospel and wrote, and Paul wrote most of the new Testament. And look at us. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you calling me evangelist, prophetess, Cantrell, but 15, 20 years ago, I probably would have laughed at you like, lady, what are you talking about? Evangelists or what? Yeah, evangelists in the street popping and dipping and uh, popping my neck, sure. <laughs> but I thank God. When you look at us now and what we are doing for the ministry, for the kingdom, thank God for choosing us for such a time as this to spread his word. And like the word said, we're going, we're doing greater things. This ministry goes out amongst different nations throughout the airways that people can just listen to it and get delivered and set free. Praise God, because he knew that we could do better things with these social media, even though man has corrupted social media. Oh my God. But anything God puts in place, you know, the devil's going to still try to have his little angst to mess it up. But that's okay. We still got the victory because it's going to still go for God's word. Say, it's not going to return void. It's going to do what it's supposed to do. Sometimes it don't look like it, but we just got to wait on it. 
got the weight on it because it's going to manifest. So he is the mighty God. And I give him all the honor and glory for choosing me, a wretched, unworthy person. But because he sought a heart, just like David, a woman with a heart after him to do what he wanted her to do. He chose me and I thank him for that. And he is the everlasting father. We have different experiences with our earthly fathers. And we know relationships on earth have not been perfect. The name father, daddy may bring some fun memories to us and some way heavy on your heart. But what a gift we have in Jesus, our perfect everlasting father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, yeah, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we are blessed with direct access to God. When we accept Jesus and follow him, we are adopted into God's family as his children. Regardless of the things that your earthly father did or did not do, turn to the everlasting father, the one that's the true example of what a father is supposed to be like. Matthew 7, 9 through 11, which of you, if your son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? <laughs> If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your everlasting Father in heaven give good gifts to those who asked him? Regardless of our experience and past, we are invited into a relationship with our loving and unchanging good Father. This, this season of Christmas and a new year approaching, be encouraged by this beautiful description of our everlasting Father found in James 1.17. James 1 and 17, what Eve, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all lights in the heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. A shifting shadow is some going back and forth. No, he's not like that. In him, we have hope, healing, and the promise of his care forever. Jesus gave us the perfect example of what a father should be. He is the everlasting father. He is perfect and he never changes. And, and finally, we have the Prince of Peace. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wonder why that was placed last from all these other characteristics that Jesus was. They put the Prince of Peace because peace means everything. You don't know, because if you don't have a peace, you don't know how to recognize him as your everlasting father. You don't know how to recognize him as a mighty God, because you too, when you don't have peace, you toss to and fro, you torn up. So praise God. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace because he is our peace offering. He chose to go to the cross and offer himself as a sacrifice on the cross for our sin so that we could have peace with God. He mended our broken relationship with God and surpassed any good works we could ever think we could do, including giving a peace offering. The only way to have peace with God is through Jesus Christ, receiving his gift of eternal life and trusting in him and his sacrifice restores our relationship with God and we become God's children. This is the foundation of living at peace with all his creation. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, and that helps us to become the peacemaker. Matthew 5 and 9 says, Blessed 
are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. You know, hold your peace. We don't have to respond or have a comeback every time somebody says something against you. You have to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You know, because we're going to always hear or say, people going to say stuff against you, but it don't matter when you know who you belong to. Hold your peace. Be a person of ease, not a person that wants to be trying to get everybody straight every time they say something you don't like. Really? No. When you have the prince of peace that lives on the inside of you, they can say a whole lot of things. Now, sometimes it do rattle you, but learn how to be a person of ease, that they're going to realize that it's something different about that person. You know, you can pick at them and say things and it don't even don't even affect them. They keep on right on loving you, walking in love with you. Yeah, that's what Jesus wants us to be as his followers, as his disciples. Be a person of ease and a person that exemplifies the peace. Because if you're trying to get with everybody that say something about you, uh, do something to you, some weak believers will see that and be like, man, they act just like I act. No. We got to stay in the in the characteristic of peace because we know the Prince of Peace. He lives within inside of us. And Jesus is also our mediator. First Timothy 2 and 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. You know, a mediator is a person that is a go in between, that come together when people have conflict and try to make them come to an agreement. Jesus is our mediator. He mediated between us and God. We was too uh, sinful, too unworthy. We couldn't go to the throne boldly, only because of Jesus is the reason why we can go boldly to his throne. And I thank God for that, that I can go boldly to his throne of grace. Mm, mm, mm. Whew, my God. The word of God is full of promise of peace. But God is not a God of this order, but of peace. And I was looking in the King James. It said peace is mentioned 400 times in the Bible, in 59 books. Why do you think God is was talking so much about peace? Because <laughs> like I said, if we, we can't grasp who he really is if we're not at peace. If our soul is not at peace, it's always wrestling, trying to not be mad, trying not to do this, trying not. If you just rest, <laughs> rest in him, rest in him and know mm, his peace. So the takeaway from the Prince of Peace come with us to have peace with God. That means a spiritual peace, peace within. That's your emotional peace. Peace with others, relational peace. Let's be at peace, people. So as I prepare to close, I pray the world will celebrate all year, not only the birth of Jesus, but the gift of his life, death, and resurrection. He is the hope of the world. Jesus Christ, the gift that keeps on giving. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> woo, woo. I was like, oh my God, when you got to talking about the different aspects of who he is, his name, wonderful counselor, 
mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, mediator. And it's just, it just brought me to a place where I was just remembering who God had revealed himself to be to me, to me. And you said, Jesus, the Christ, the gift that keeps on giving. If he's the gift that keeps on giving and he's in us, then that means we got to keep giving. We got to keep giving love and peace and all of the fruit of the spirit and operating all the gifts of the spirit because it's people out there that need us and we need one another. That's why we're supposed to edify one another, build one another up. And sometimes in the building up, we got to tear some stuff down because you tore down some, some of them holidays, that, that holiday stuff, that commercialized stuff, that stuff that man want to put emphasis on buying this, buying that, getting this, getting that, and people comparing things. And then now people are mad at people. I didn't get what I want to get, but you got life. And see, I have learned the older that I get, it is not about that. And then you also was talking about what you're going to do after Christmas. What you what you doing today? Is he still God? Is he still who we say he was the other day? Because, you know, sometimes we uh, maximize or put holidays on a pedestal. <laughs> we put holidays on a pedestal and put it above him. And we forget about who he is when that holiday go away. Then we back to where we was at. But I praise God because it, it, it don't have to be no holidays. Because every day he said, this is the day. Every day that he have made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. We got to rejoice and be glad. Just be glad. I'm, just being glad. Just being glad. Because he gave us another day. It, it, you know, this, you know, it's y'all just because of who he is. Cause see, we only got a short amount of time left on this earth and we need to maximize the moments that he's given us maximize it for the kingdom because God is going to be who he say he was going to be. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. 